Hi, and welcome to our evaluation podcast. We've been away for a bit. Apologies for that, but we're going to get caught up here. um, And we're going to start by talking about types of evaluations uh, and specifically the goal attainment model uh, related to that writing um, strong uh, goals and objectives that allow us to use the goal attainment model. So we talked about uh, a few types of evaluations. Uh, I'm going to finish with the goal attainment model because that's that's the one we use most often. But we talked about an intuitive model, which is simply you kind of have a feel for what's going on. Okay? You don't do anything systematic. You're not actually collecting data. You just have a sense of what's going on. We do this all the time, right? In our daily lives, we are constantly doing intuitive evaluations in the classroom on a daily basis. Uh, I'm doing a form of intuitive evaluation. How do I feel like the class is going? Obviously, this is not the best. It's not systematic. It's not rigorous, but it does provide us some evaluative data. We also talked about expert evaluation. Here's when you bring in an outsider to provide their expertise, to observe, to see what's going on, and provide their expertise on how the the program, the class, whatever is, how that's doing. Sometimes organizations, parks and recs or sports, will ask me to be an expert evaluator. And basically they're asking me to use my knowledge and expertise to see how their programs are going. Then we talked about the goal-free, or sometimes called the black box evaluation. Uh, This is frequently a formative type evaluation, so something that's just trying to get feedback for ongoing process improvement. In this case, uh, we're just seeing how things are going. We do not have specific goals. Uh, we might be using this to set benchmarks and baselines. So uh, we don't know if it's good that 20 participants are showing up or 30 participants. Or we don't know um, what people might be getting out of the program. So we're going to try to find out. We often do goal-free with qualitative Uh, types of evaluations, so interviews that are a little more free-flowing and allow for expansion of information. And then we talked about the goal attainment model, uh, which is, uh, and I'll say the best, uh, at least most systematic uh, type of evaluation you can do. And here you're setting goals and measurable objectives. So let's talk a little bit about those terms. So goals are broad statements of what you want to accomplish. Again, broad statements, they are not measurable. They generally do not have numbers involved in them. They're just broad statements of what you want to accomplish. We know when we meet our goals by setting the measurable objectives. Measurable objectives that are specific, they have a time-bound component, and we know how they're measured. Okay, this is the whole smart thing, right? So, for example, I might have a goal to have a successful class. Okay. What does that look like? I'm not sure until I write my objectives. Okay, my objectives then become by the end of the semester. That's my time piece. 
at least 80% of students, that's my specific piece, will report, and that's my measurable piece, it's telling me how I'm gonna measure it, will report's implying that I'm gonna use some sort of questionnaire survey, will report that they learned something about evaluation. That's a nice format for a SMART objective. We know how it's gonna be measured. We know I can measure it on a questionnaire. Now I can go to my goal attainment model. Um, here's my measurable objectives within my goals and objectives. I can say, did I meet it? Yes, good, success, did I not? No, not successful. Okay. Another example might be, by the end of the semester, at least 70% of the class will have achieved a grade of B or better. Okay. By the end of the semester, that's my time-bound piece. At least 70% of the class, that's my specific piece. Remember, these almost always have to have a number or the number needs to be implied. Okay, We'll achieve a B or better. I know how to measure that. The one I encourage you to get used to using is uh, by whatever date, at least whatever percent, will report because okay, we often use questionnaires and surveys. So we'll report tells us how we're going to measure that. You could also say we'll be observed. Okay, another way to measure that. Okay. Let me give an example from our fields. Okay. Let's think about a uh, hotel. So a hotel has a goal um, to provide exceptional customer service. It's broad, it's general, it's not measurable until I put the objectives beneath that, okay? What do my objectives look like, okay? By the end of 2020, at least 90% of our guests will report that they received exceptional service. Simple, close to duty. By the end of 2020, I'm bound, at least 90% of guests at specific will report, tells me that it's how I'm measuring it, that they received exceptional service. Okay. Another objective to that might be by the end of 2020, at least 75% of guests will report that they will return to our hotel again. Okay, that's probably suggesting exceptional customer service. By the end of 2020, at least 80% of our guests will book a second trip at our hotel. Okay, by the end of 2020, it's time bound. At least 80% of guests in specific will book a second trip. I know how to measure that. Okay. In our next podcast, we're gonna talk about the difference between outcome objectives and strategic or, or process objectives, but I'm gonna leave that here for now. Remember, a goal attainment model, we have to set specific objectives nested under our goals, and then we measure to see if we attain to those. It's the most common form of evaluation. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.